podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stratycast. Delighted to be joined by Mike um, this morning. We're obviously coming to you after a 4-0 win over Real Sociedad in the Europa League first leg. Mike, before we get started, I think going into the game and if anyone was reading a better opposition last night, they would have been reading and hearing positive things about Real Sociedad. United made them look like muck. Yeah, we were great yesterday. Um, I will say, for a team with a half-decent defensive record, I thought Lorel were incredibly naive, though, so they helped us a lot in that regard. I mean, their defensive setup was absurd. They played this... Cr- I, I love... I'm all for teams playing a high line, but their high line was basically on the halfway line and consisted of two players. So, basically, all United had to do was just make sure they left one or two people up, ping a ball up, and suddenly we were on a counter-attack. I thought we had the perfect attack set up for the game. I think you had three very, very pacey attackers with Greenwood, Rashford and, and James and Bruno just putting balls on a plate from sitting behind them. So that worked really well. Um, for Alex Solis, down the, down the left was really good also. Um, a few shaky moments a bit earlier in the game, just before we came on air, I said we could have conceded two goals in the first two minutes, two or three minutes of the game. I mean, literally, they went up, they had a chance, and then we went up, we had a chance, and then they went up and had another chance. I mean, that was that was kind of the pattern of the game, wasn't it? I mean, it was absolutely crazy. It was just like slaloming from one end to the other, like a basketball match for the whole game. But we were definitely the better team, especially in the second half. We just absolutely pummeled them, really. Could have had about seven goals. Um, I, was, I was expecting almost more. Almost, you know, that we did. <laughs> I was but expecting I was, more from Sociedad, though, because I was I, disappointed I, with them. I thought they were very, very naive in that game. Yeah, it played, it played into our hands. And look, we can go into the, the second leg now in a very comfortable position, which is great. We'll get to some of the questions that you've sent in later on, and some of the masks will soldier play some of the young players in in the second leg. And I just think, without getting into that right now. That shows you the position that a win like that does. And we've looked, we've been in the Europa League before, and games that we should be winning, should be winning. That's an example last night. We, like, we should be in the Champions League, Mike. We're a Champions League team. That's what we want. That's what we're aiming to be this season. So, so, some back. of those players, some of, some of those players should be playing in the Champions League. Bruno Fernandez should be playing in the Champions League. Marcus Rashford should be playing in the Champions League. Yeah, of course. Okay, so we yeah, and, and we know that because we started a Champions League campaign so well, we turned it away. That was our own fault, absolutely turned it away. But that last night, really enjoyed it, putting four goals um, past the Real Sociedad, a clean sheet for Henderson. He didn't have too much to do, and it's probably hard to kind of say that he was he played out of his skin. But a clean sheet nonetheless, and a good start to bring to, to bring with him out of the game, because De Gea right now, a lot of questions being asked. And I'm going to put that to you first, Mike. Um, have you seen anything in recent weeks from Henderson that would make you even want to see him start games more in, in, in the coming weeks? Because I think what, 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 what some pundits are getting to with Manchester United and, and their league position is that if they can, can, can persist with David De Gea between now and the end of the season, they're going to drop more points. Um, that's what some of the pundits are saying. So they're thinking it's time to throw in De Gea. After the past few weeks and even seen him last night, 
Um, what's your view? Um, well, you can't. It's hard to make a judgment of a goalkeeper off the odd game here and there, Dale. Yeah, it's the same with any player. You need, you know, he needs probably ten or fifteen games in a row now to really cement his place. And there is a danger, I think, if De Gea is persisted with between now and the if De Gea and those and and the, the standard first choice centre halves are persisted with from now to the end of the season. There's no May drop points. We will drop points. And we won't stay second. I mean, we're in a situation right now where United and Leicester are level on points, and 46 points. You've only got Chelsea, who are only four points back. So United have to be very careful here that they don't end up being dragged into a battle where they're just trying to scrape, make sure they can just scratch and scrape to stay in the top four. So I think now is the time to, to give Dean Henderson a run of games and see what he can offer that's different to De Gea, which at the moment, just not making a load of mistakes will be enormously helpful right now because De Gea is costing us points, Dale. There's no question of that. He's not the only one. I think Maguire and Lindelof are costing United points as well. So I would like to see Eric Bailly and Dean Henderson played in there for the next 10 games and let's see see where the chips fall from there. But you need to give them a run and, and see where we are. It's like the Donny van der Beek thing. You need to give Donny van der Beek in the centre of midfield a run of 10 to 15 games and let's see where you come after that I totally agree um, it's very difficult for us to even give a proper assessment of Dean Henderson it's really it's really kind of give him a, a fair a, you know a fair kind of rating but 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 what I will say is so soldier has to make a decision very soon as to when he's going to give Dean Henderson that run of games because are you going to go into a new season when you haven't bought a goalkeeper and you take that risk going into a new campaign and what if it doesn't work? What if he's not the right goalkeeper? Looking at the amount of games left now, it's probably a good op- a, a, a good time, yeah? To, to throw in I think, Henderson. I think you know, yeah, I also think United need to make a few changes as well because the running the league has not been good, Dale. Two wins in the previous eight. What changes um, are, you, are, are, you, are you thinking? I think they need to freshen up a few areas of the pitch. So, obviously, I've mentioned goalkeeper. So, I think Henderson needs to be given a run. I think Eric Bailly needs to be given a run of yeah. 10 games. Rodney can stay fit, see how the defence looks there. I still don't think Bailly is a permanent solution to the issues United have defensively. They need to be looking at buying at least one, if not two centre-halves in the summer and clearing out at least two or three of the centre-halves that are there. Um, I think I want to see a slightly different dynamic in the midfield. You know, I understand that with Ole concerned about his defence, he wants to play Fred and McTominay. But I would maybe take Fred out and put Van der Beek in there, where he's far better, rather than you just trying to get him to replace Bruno Fernandes when he's an entirely different kind of footballer. And have Van der Beek in in a deeper position, dictate the play a little bit more, and also allow McTominay to push higher up the field. Um, And it will just maybe actually help out Bruno Fernandes because it means he doesn't have to come as quite as deep as often to get the ball. You can kind of link the defence to the attack a little bit quicker. Uh, I think in, that's going to help in big games where United have really struggled this season. And it could um, it could also mean that we could break down teams who are playing a low block a bit easier because you've got an extra man in midfield who can maybe thread for a pass. And also himself make a few late runs into the box as well if it's a game where a team's just sticking nine men behind the ball. So I would like to see that and I would like to not see Anthony Martial play for the next 10 games because he's not offering anything. Maybe 
I think Greenwood, I think both of us in agreement we'd like to see more of Greenwood because even though he's not scored, I think he's shown a lot of positive stuff. I think he's been he's offered a lot to United, far more than Martial has going forward. Um not even going forward, he'll... Mike, but also defensively. We put a video up on the blog last night of Greenwood. He does he does a much more making yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's the same with Daniel James as well. Daniel James does a lot more closing down and tracking back when he's off the ball. And I know Daniel James had a lot of stick, but I actually think over the last couple of months when he's come into the team, he's he's put a good shift in and he's paced off as a lot. Yeah, he has. So I'd like to see a little bit more of him as well, even just coming off the bench in games, but just getting him involved more, giving him at least getting coming off the bench the next 10 or 15 games for a good 20, 25 minutes. You know, really take advantage of the opposition when their legs are starting to go because I think he could do a lot of damage there. Because he's a bit of a flat track bully kind of a player, but that's not a bad option to have coming off the bench there when you need to rattle in a couple of goals. So I, I just think maybe he needs to freshen things up a little bit. I just want to point to an article which was published shortly after United's you know, 4 win against Real Sociedad and it was published by Football 365. Mike, you're a fan of their content and it's on Daniel James. It's titled um, Man United Winger, or no, sorry, Daniel James, Bloody Loves Getting In On The Act For Man United. And it, it, it looks at the fact, and it, it's, it's, it's a really good article. Um, I'm going to get the name of the, the writer, Matt Steed. Um, it looks at how he constantly runs. He's constantly working. So it's your nose. It reminds you a bit of Jason Park, actually. I don't know about and you, but that's he reminds you of a little bit. And fittingly, Mike, I, mean, I, w- I wouldn't say he's any, anywhere the same level as, as Park, but I, I get what you're saying. And in the same way, he gets a lot of shit off fans um, the way Park did too, and unfairly. One person commented underneath our tweet when we shared the article, and they, they nail it. And it's why I wanted to point this out on Daniel James. I agree. This is why those that bash him need to, in fact, support him. He has loads to offer and will only get better. He's always running. And working for a team, and I think that that's that, that's so true. And I know people can say, "Oh, he's being a headless chicken doesn't mean you're good enough to play for Man United." Of course, but Daniel James doesn't start every week. He's not a main oh. starter, and he's he's a he's a part of this squad. The fact that he he played last night, got ninety minutes under his belt, I was delighted with, and the fact that he also got his name on the score sheet again. I seem to remember not long ago he came off the bench, Mike, in a cup game or so and got a, got a goal at the very end as well, or was that well, in your... I, I, I actually think, with, with James, I actually think his uh, finishing is, is better than his final ball. Yeah. And yeah, I wonder, okay. actually, if he's much better in a kind of like a wide striker role coming in off the wing to finish off stuff, that might be better. I also think under a... You might not like me making a dig at Ole, but a better coach and a better coaching team, I still think he'd be very good because I think he's a very disciplined player who would carry out a tactical job if you asked him to and would carry it out very well, um, especially in a big match. So, yeah, I do think he has a lot to offer. I think James suffered a bit because he started really well in a United team that was very poor when he came in and then he dropped off. And then obviously, you know, Greenwood emerged in the, especially in the second half of the season. Um, obviously, Bruno Fernandes came in. Um, so, and obviously, then James drops out of the team. So I think he suffered a little bit with that as well, just by comparison to how he did when he first came in. So that didn't help, you know. But this isn't a guy who's offered consistent disappointment or came in for a massive amount of money. 
this is a guy who we knew was quite a raw, uncut gem of a player who had a lot to learn, was fairly inexperienced, especially at the top level. He had no experience at the top level. Um, you know, he needed to learn. No, absolutely, absolutely. I think we'll see this between now and the end of the season as well, Mike, with the likes of, say, Daniel James, the players are bringing up, that they have a really important role to play um, between now and the end of the season when, when fixtures are coming and players are getting tired and stuff. It's who, which manager has a player that they can bring off the bench to change a game. Um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not kind of blowing smoke up, up, up Daniel James' backside either because... Look, he doesn't set the world alight most times he plays. And, and, and there, was, there was a time when he was playing through the team and looked like he was short in confidence. I think Daniel James brings something to the team. You brought, you backed it up with the kind of the tactical side of it, that he can carry out tactical duties. I remember not long ago against City, he caused absolute uh, absolute nightmare. Um, running at them, his, his pace. If, he can, if, if there's a game that it opens up in such a way that Daniel James can get out of defence... I think he can be dangerous because he's so, so quick and there's very few players that can keep up with him. So I, I think what, what Solskjaer has done is he hasn't started him or hasn't played him in many games, but he, he he's a squad player. And, I, and I, I think he's a valued one. Solskjaer made that very clear last night after the game when he said um, he was asked a question about Daniel James. I don't think he particularly liked the question either. And he said that Daniel James has always been part of, part of my mind. He's always been in my mind. Um, it's it started off Mike as kind of a romantic response. I, I thought he was going to throw out a rose or something, but but no, he was happy with Daniel James display. I think for a manager, Mike, isn't it great that we can throw a lad in like James? And, you need squads and to win trophies. You need yeah. squads to compete for titles, Dale. To compete for trophies, you need to be able to rotate players. You always want players who are who are always given a hundred percent as well. Which I, I never ever question with James him always giving a hundred percent. No, no, I know, and you need, you need you need players like that. But I look at City right now, and I don't want to talk too much about the non-existent Premier League title race because there isn't one this season. But I, but I, I want to use City as an example, and I'm going to go back on to the the debate we had a few weeks ago about Liverpool and Mike. And when I said that Liverpool are in serious trouble, I don't see this as something that we're just seeing this season because of injuries. Right, the injuries is the worst excuse in the book i've never heard a city anyone from city complain about their injuries this season they've been without aguero they've had probably around the same amount of injuries as liverpool but they're not using it as an excuse like every man and his dog Klopp mentioned it in the summer that he was he's not in charge of making the signings squad wasn't what it wasn't freshened up by any means in the summer that, that's that's the issue, isn't it? It's that the, the Jamie Carragher highlighted this on Monday Night Football. If you look at the team that started in the Champions League final where they lost to Real Madrid, and the team that usually starts the, the what you would consider the first choice eleven now, about eight or nine of the players are the same, and that's what three, four years. Yeah. So it's probably at the point where you need to refresh certain players. To be fair, Dale, like the guy that they brought in to refresh the forward line, who was probably in Jota, who was probably their best player for the first couple of months, got injured for 10 weeks, which didn't help. And Thiago came in to bring them something different in midfield. And then he had COVID and then he got injured. So that didn't help. But they, I mean, yeah, they still need to, I mean, there's, there's areas of the field that need to freshen up. I mean, they needed to bring in fullbacks to give those two fullbacks. They've got, just give them a fucking break. Um, and that's that's the problem. I think that's Liverpool's problem is they haven't freshened up the squad properly. Uh, and also, think, um, just... 
just, I, I wonder actually if they would have been better if they just let someone like Salah or Mane go and bring someone else in just to freshen that front line up. I ha- I haven't got my Wambasaka banner, but I I I, I kind of remember our conversation. Oh fuck time, off! Right? And He's not as good as Alexander. I just want to ask like, you, yeah, is, do you change your view on that? No. <laughs> You, no, fu- you fucking should. You fucking no, should. No, he's not. Will you tell me what? Right, he's a de- he's Wambasaka <laughs> is a really good fullback if you're living in the year 1984. When Manchester right? United, he's a centre half, Dale. Why is he playing? Why are we still having this discussion? He should not be playing at fullback. He offers nothing going forward. If I was Gareth Southgate, I'd be starting out, in the summer. He, he won't be starting in the summer for England. He should be. No, he won't be. He well, I, be I, well, I, I hope he's not because I want him kept fresh. But I think if Gareth Southgate is watching the Premier League this season, he's going to start one Bissaka ahead of Trent. Hey, he shouldn't even be second choice right back. <laughs> right, James, let's move James, on. James Justin at Leicester City is a better right back than Aaron Wan-Bissaka. <laughs> um, Rod asks from the Facebook group, how should the club approach the rest of the season? Fight for the FA Cup and Europa League, or focus on keeping second spot on the table. Like, and just before we get into that, Mike, it's kind of depressing. The second part, or focus on getting second spot, because you can't really celebrate second spot. I know we'd be delighted. We'd be delighted to be a step ahead of what we got last season. But I do feel, Mike, the Solskjaer needs to win a trophy. I'm going to be quite blunt here, Dale. If United don't win a trophy this season, they're never going to win a trophy under this manager. Simple as that. It's just, it's about Solskjaer now showing that the progress which we believe is there, he needs to go on and solidify it and prove it with a, with a trophy. Um, and he's got the opportunity to do so, and I don't, I don't know why I'm kind of feeling so kind of nervous about it. But the FA Cup's a really good chance. The, now the Europa League has really opened up. I know we kind of spoke about whether we should kind of should prioritise the FA Cup, and I've sa- I've went on record and I've said that. But to be honest, after last night and after getting that one foot nearly into the next round, into the last sixteen, we should be going for on all fronts. There shouldn't be like, shouldn't be one pri- primary focus because you're putting your eggs into one basket. Well, you can end up with a lot of egg in your face, um, at come the end of the season. Yeah, I also think these European competitions, both of them are going to be very open this year, which is why it was extremely disappointing to go out in that Champions League group stage because I think we'd seen with the games that happened this week, that's going to be very open this year as well. There is no, with the exception of maybe Man City, no particularly outstanding teams. Bayern are not as good this year. Their position in the Bundesliga is a little bit of a false position, to be honest. Uh, but they're not as good as they were last year. Even City aren't as good as they were two years ago. So um, these they, they, these are wide open. So United do have to real give serious considerations to this Europa League. It'll be a tough competition to win. There's some good teams in there. I think Inter are in there, aren't they? This this yes. this year, or or maybe not. Actually, I don't even think they, they may not even have got no, Roma. Roma, sorry, Roma are are in it. Um, right. Ajax, Ajax. Good. You know, it should be beating Roma. Roma's big game record this season is really poor in, in Italy. Um, I know they're, they're, they're right up in that title race, but they're not. Um, you know, it should be beating them. I've seen enough for Roma that United should be beating them. What about Napoli? Side, Napoli. Them. Uh, no, United should be beating them as well. Napoli are a bit of a mess this year, to be honest. Mate. And um, also, they. Uh, <laughs> they AC lost Milan? yesterday to Granada. 
they lost to Granada yesterday too now, so I think they're probably going to go out. Milan promises side, but again, I think United should be beating them. That United and Milan are roughly kind of at the same stage as development at the moment. It's just that in Italy, there is no really outstanding team because of the way Juve dropped off this year. Isn't it amazing how now you're obviously more clued up on Syria and Italian football than I am? But we probably said it in our few years of doing podcasts t- together and in this post Alex Ferguson era, era that if you look at Manchester United and you look at AC Milan in, in those years, you could nearly draw parallels to to what a fantastic club and what is going on in the pitch. You know, it doesn't it, it didn't really match to what a fantastic club we grew up with with AC Milan and some of the, the great players like when I was a kid um, approaching my teenagers your t- players like Kaka and a fantastic side that, that the bet us in the Champions League and then you look to how much they dropped off um, I had a look quick, quick a quick look at their their lineup last night um, they were playing Sparta Prague uh, I think it was a Sparta Prague they were playing um, I could be wrong anyway looked at their starting lineup in the Europa League Mike and there was very young um, there, there was no slats on in the squad, and I'm just wondering if they if they are putting their eggs into one basket with the Syria, and whether we should see that as an opportunity that one of the other big teams in the, in the competition won't be going for the Europa League this season because they've got bigger matters currently. Yeah, but um, I don't think it's by any means. Milan lost badly at the weekend to Spezia, so there's every chance that Milan might not be in for a run at the league this season. I, I, one team that really, actually, I think could be a real threat this season is Rangers. It could be a huge threat in that Europa League this Stop season. It. It sounds cr- no, Dale, they're a really good team. They're miles clear in Scotland, and um, they're, they're a good side. They're, they are a good side, surprisingly. I can't believe I'm saying that, but they've got some good players. Um, and they've, um, yeah, they could be, United should still be beating them, but they're capable of beating anyone in that competition, Rangers, on their day. They really are. They're a good team. They're miles better than Celtic. Like, a thousand times better than Celtic. Hold on, though. But they, last night, they barely got over the line against Royal Antwerp. It was 4-3. Yeah, and that's what and I'm saying. Antwerp got a man sent off. That, that's what I'm saying. United should still be beating them, but they're capable of beating anyone. Rangers went unbeaten through the group stage of the competition. I think they conceded, like, one or two goals. So... They're no mugs, <laughs> like, okay. um, you know. But United should be beating them. But they're a team to be wary of. I think I'd be more wary of them than I would be of Napoli. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting, and it, I suppose it's it's um, it's not very often that you'll hear praise for anything Stephen Gerrard does on this podcast. But no, it, but that's the other thing because he's the manager as well. I think he'll really want to beat us. That's the other thing. They'll be well up for that. But I think I want to knock them out as well. Oh, I definitely. I, I hate Rangers. I, I hope we beat them 12-0. <laughs> it might get too political if I start speaking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Keen Franey, um, another question in from, from the Facebook community we have running. Um, he's a podcaster as well. He's the Weekly Armchair Podcast, which you can find on YouTube. And he's a good friend of the show. Keen asks, should we see the return of one matter this weekend, considering we are playing a team with a low block on Sunday? Um, is there a place for one matter, Mike, at the moment in Premier League games? Because, look, the, the problem is, it's not even a place for Danny van der Beek some weeks. And I know he wasn't playing the Europa League because he was injured and didn't travel. But if, if Danny van der Beek can't 
get a game most weeks. Would it be ridiculous to kind of throw one matter up the pecking order and into a place he doesn't really warrant? Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not so sure to be honest, but I don't know. This Newcastle game is the kind of game that concerns me because I could see us really in this one up again. These are the games that we've just been throwing points away. Uh, no, I don't think I would. Um, but I've got this horrible feeling we're going to play Anthony Martial, and I don't think we should be playing him either. So, uh, what do I know, really? Martial obviously didn't get the start last night, and I thought, as a result, I you know you kind of briefly mentioned it, but Greenwood, you could start to see why you would start Greenwood ahead of Martial. And I've been saying it for weeks, and he's so much better than Martial. He offers so much more in his all-round game, Dale. It's just, it's crazy. But but the other side of it, it's also going on record saying this. When you look at our strikers, he said it last season before Cavani came in, that Greenwood is our best finisher, okay? So he needs to be on the pitch. He needs to be on the pitch when we need goals. And when The thing is, the big difference is I can imagine Greenwood with 20 minutes to go, when things aren't going his way, still trying to do something. The problem is with Martial, when things are not going his way, he doesn't want to know about the situation. You might as well wait till next week to get to, to see him play again. Because when he, when, when you, some players are like that, I guess. And I, th- I think they're completely different about Marcus Rashford. And people say, oh, he's been desperate today. But still about Rashford, I still fancy something at some point in the game. I think he, Rashford in the first half yesterday missed two desperate opportunities on goal. Really, really bad, which he needs to be scoring. Which should have been... Blowing Sosie that away in the first half. Blowing them away. Not good enough. But he, he got his chance at the end and he put it away. The thing, the thing about Rashford is, he, he's not a goal scorer, Mike. I don't think he's a goal scorer. I think there's, there, there's a lot more to his game than, than doing what we see Haaland and Mbappe doing. Okay, I think he's a different player. But Greenwood... Mbappe think, does everything, mate. Mbappe does everything. Okay, but, but I, I, don't think, I don't think it's fair to, to have those... Beside one another, I, I I think Rashford is a different player. I think he's he's different also to Greenwood, but with Greenwood, he's a goal scorer. He 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 is a goal scorer, and we're asking what more he has to his game because he's playing on the, on the right a lot. I think in a few years' time he's going to be played as centre forward. Um, and I'm just I'm just wondering with 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 the whole future of Greenwood if that's what it'll come down to. If United are going to say right. Erling Haaland's available next year. One, do we want to deal with Mino Raiola again? Two, do we want to be involved in the politics that, that, that's, that's going to be existing between all the big European clubs chasing them? You know, Real Madrid, I know they haven't got money at the moment, but they will be in the mix. You'll have Bayern Munich, you'll have all these crazy transfer stories. And I don't think you'll will want to be involved with that because... You're going to have Mino Riola wanting a massive sign-on fee. It's not stopped them getting involved in this nonsense in the last several years, Dale. It hasn't, but I, I, I think with Paul Pogba, a line has been drawn, and we've really learned that Mino Riola is a massive pain in the hole to deal with. I, and I, know oh, no, I agree, and I don't think there's any chance that he'll be coming to United anyway. That's just not going to happen, so I think people can just forget that. But, listen, I like Greenwood, but Haaland is better than... Greenwood. I mean, yeah, better oh. than anyone in his age group. Yeah. Ireland is he's man, he's unbelievable. I think right now, and I know it's fine margins, and we'll get down to a bit of a European football conversation. But last season, there was a lot of talk about how Robert Robert Lewandowski didn't get his Ballon d'Or or whatever. 
I think in the last few months since this season has started, we've seen a centre forward surpass Lewandowski. And I think right now, Ooh, I don't ha- know about that yet. I it's think Erling Haaland is the best in the world. Is the best in the world right now. I, I really do. I'd still say it's Lewandowski. Look at his goal scoring record. But I'm saying that he's playing for a better team, right? Um, yeah. I, I, I just I wonder actually if Haaland will be will end up at Bayern. Actually, yeah, I think he'll end up replacing him. Yeah. I think so. I, I think, think so. so. Look, let's get on to more questions about United then before we wrap it up. Johnny Brook, an ex-friend of the podcast and a, a comedian who we used to have on regularly. We must get him back. He asks, have we become the Liverpool we used to laugh at? Fine performances and results in the showcase games, but painfully shite in the fish in a barrel games. <laughs> Do you agree with that, Mike? Yeah, it's funny that. I just finished reading Jonathan Wilson's book on United, The Anatomy of United, where it basically sort of telling the story of the history club based around 10 matches. And um, United now are basically United in the 1980s under Ron Atkinson. That's United now. Um, That we do well in these showcase matches, um, will threaten to challenge for the league, or threaten to win a trophy. Obviously, in Ron Atkinson's case, we won um, two FA Cups, I think, under Ron Atkinson. Um, And did well in showcase games, Think about the Barcelona game back in 84, I think it was. Um, 80, oh, it might have been earlier than that. 83, 84. Um, the game at Old Trafford, uh, where United just like blew Barcelona away. Maradona's Barcelona. Cup finals, you know, finished second a couple of times there, but just never really were able to quite get over the line, in part because there just wasn't enough discipline within the club to really push those players over the top. Obviously, you don't have the same issues now. You don't have the drinking club that you saw back then, which I think was a big problem for United. But in terms of the fact having the talent and and the parts together to assemble and make something, you've got it, but it just doesn't deliver consistently. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. And I suppose we'll see this season if we can call ourselves a cup team. Um, We'll have to go on and win a cup first. We're still short of that. Um, Jamie... Jamie Buckton sends in, he says, more of a hindsight question, which we appreciate too. It gets us thinking. Should Ali have rested more tonight? Would it been a pretty straightforward game for us with Newcastle in mind? McTominay looks to be injured now, and he's been a very key player for us. Uh, no, I don't agree with that. Um, I think uh, we did rest a few people. Luke Shaw didn't play for a start, so he got a rest. Um, obviously Victor Lindelof didn't play I mean he shouldn't have played but I also think he maybe needed taken out of the firing line to be honest as well Dale because I mean he got a lot of sh- he got a lot of shit after that West Brom game partly deservedly so to be honest because he was really poor same could have been said of Captain Bonehead as well but he did play anyway because he always plays um, an important obviously- clearance Mike at one stage which I think put him in contender for the Ballon d'Or <laughs> <laughs> Up your ass, man. <laughs> That's just no way. <laughs> he does one thing right all season and you're putting him forward for the Ballon d'Or. Give me a break. <laughs> I want to bring up a stat um, which was produced last night after the game by Statman Dave. Now, I know he only had 12 minutes on the pitch, Amal Diallo, but I want to talk about him because everyone wants to talk about him. Everyone wants to see him. Everyone see what he can do in the first team. So the stat from Statman Dave is Amar Diallo completed three out of three dribbles in just 12 minutes versus Real Saucy that no forward completed more on the pitch. 
Um, for we didn't get to see too much, but it was lively enough from the from the young of our of Ivorian. Um, would you agree, Mike? Yeah, could have done with a bit more end products of thirty-seven million pounds. To be honest, uh, at the end of those dribbles, which oh. you didn't really get. And it, okay, on that, it's it's very important we, we we get to that because last night after the game. There was there's been three figures, Mike. Three figures that have been doing the rounds about how much Amadeo cost Manchester United. And last night, Straight News broke the exclusive of how much he actually costs. With sources from the club speaking to us to, to fix to fix what's been reported elsewhere. Des- despite having varying figures, Straight News can now exclusively reveal that the real figure paid to Atlanta is twenty one million euros which is 18.17 million pounds plus 18 million euros in add-ons which obviously vary so as of now Manchester United have paid 21 million euros for Ahmad Diallo now this is a problem with 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 the, with the media because it's a pretty big fucking journalist who everyone respects that's been passing around um incorrect figures all summer three of them three of them we counted in the article three of them um, it's not true. Twenty-one million euros is what he costs, and I'm just I'm just adding that, Mike, because it's not fair when people are commenting on this player, and it's like we're expecting so much high things, so much. No, he still costs a lot of money, still a lot of money for a winger, but it's important to get the figure right, which I don't think some journalists are. I think they're doing it blatantly, to be honest with you. Why would Why do you think they'd be doing that? Why? Because it makes their information and their story bigger, doesn't it? Um, the story that they broke and look how much, look how big the deal was. You know, I, I don't, I don't what, see. What, what were the um, what were the details of these add-ons exactly? Okay. The well, the add-ons, they're not specific. Um, all we know is that there's 18 million euros worth of add-ons, which can be added on at some point. Now they they could vary from how many goals he scores, whether he goes on to to pip Harry Maguire for the Ballon d'Or, um. Whether he wins the, the, the Champions League, but just I'm to bring it up, but shaking my head because this is an audio medium and people need to know why Dale was laughing when he made that stupid comment. <laughs> no, shaking but, my head. But but but, but seriously, he cost, he cost twenty one million. I think that that's a it's a pretty good 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 fee for for a young player coming in nowadays, a young winger with talent. Clearly, clearly has talent. But I mean, the, he's better than the eighty million that we paid for your Ballon d'Or nominee. <laughs> In all serious, with, with with Ahmad last night, the the one thing that we can take from his performance, it's very clear he likes to run at defenders. Um, when was the last time we had a right winger willing to do that? And I'm I'm not saying he's, he's going to be the answer. I'm just saying it's something that we've missed. It's something that the team lacks. And he came in for twelve minutes and showed immediately that he's going to beat defenders. Yeah, I'm just being more cautious, just because I've been here so many times in the last few years and it, it, you, as United fans it's been terrible at getting carried away over nothing really so let's just you know let's just wait and see where this goes this could be another bebe uh, and, and, and speaking of, of of another one you know there's there was one playing against us last night with Adnan Yanazai and I don't think he did too much um, but he's a player of course that we we got excited about you know remember the chant I want to tell you I might as well do about a boy who can do anything. He comes from Belgium. His name is Adnan. Yanazai, Yanazai, Yanazai. You know, it's we 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 definitely got overexcited about him. And I think reading back through his his time at United, we played Swansea, 
and I think Yanazai scored. Michael Loudrup was manager at the time, and he and he basically warned United fans that in order for Yanazai to to make that next level, he needs to want it. He needs to want to make that next level. It's it's only it's only so much that coaches can do in in guiding a player a certain way. But if he hasn't got that in him, that I'm that the hunger that we we hope Mason Greenwood has, we hope Ahmad Diallo have. Um, if you haven't got that, it's a key ingredient to have to play at this level. We haven't got many more questions. Um, we've got two more, which I want to get to. Um, right. So from Fabiola, she asks. Should we play the kids at Old Trafford? She's obviously been the second leg, and she's referring to Ahmad and Shola Shartier. Maybe play start one of them, but I'd be a little bit wary about just throwing out a bunch of kids for that game. As I said, because as I said earlier, we could be in a situation where Real get two quick goals in the first half, we're two 0 down, and suddenly the ties are up in the air again. And the way this United team are, it's well, you look at the Champions League. It's not out of the realms of possibility we throw away a 4-0 lead. So um, maybe play one of them and have another one on the bench he can bring on later on. But let's be a little bit wary about that. I read a stat last night about Shola Chartier, which I wanted to read out. Um, he got named on the bench last night. Um, but the fact he was included in the squad for the first time, he became our youngest ever squad member in a European competition. Thinking that, like, I, you kind of want to see him to get his debut in a second. Like, the tie, the tie is should be over. You, you know, why not? Why not for the history books? Throw the kid in. You know, he's 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 playing really well now in the under twenty three, scoring goals most weeks. You know, he's not going to lose the game. You know, you look you look at how many chances we waste over ninety minutes anyway. From 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 more senior pros, and 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 they they get into the team every week is. I, I don't know, and it probably goes back to, to the thing that you brought up, Mike, about the loyalty the soldier has to certain players. Um, I know he's very good at bringing in new players, and his track record at doing that has been excellent. Last season, Brandon Williams, Mason Greenwood, you know, he, he has put faith into young players. Last question, Mike, I don't know if you've been keeping up in touch with this, but um, in January, James Garner, his, his, his loan deal at, at Watford came to an end. Um, it wasn't going to to plan for him, but but Jesse is asking your thoughts on how James Garner's loan at Nottingham Forest is going. Um, I haven't watched any games, Mike. I don't know if you've seen any of the games with Forest, but what I have been doing is reading some of the reports. Um, it's been mostly positive, and I think what happened, James, uh, at Watford was there was changes of managers, changes of system. Um, he never really settled settled there, and the last manager that was there didn't fancy him quite clearly. And he had to move. United United will deserve a lot of credit for the way that they, they operated in January with their loan players because they spotted that a few of them weren't getting that the game time that they were promised or that they weren't happy. Like Tai Chong, um a further Bremen was moved on to Club Bruges. You see him with Dylan Levitt. Um I, I he moved somewhere a day or two ago. Uh, that's escaping my mind. But what I'm trying to say is United looked at these players, obviously spoke to them, reached out to them and found out that they weren't happy. And then did the work then to ensure that they get them different moves for the rest of the season. Not getting away from the fact that they need to be playing every week if they want to get better, if they want to get close to that first team. And there's definitely a few of them there, Mike, that um, you look at some of the weaknesses in, in, in our first team, what we speak about, what we need in the transfer window every week. But 
these young players that are out on loan, I'm talking Ethan Lard currently playing for Derby and getting game time, he should be looking at United this season. And between now and the end of the year, say, I'm going to come back there. And I know I'm young, but age is only a number. I'm going to go back there and I'm going to make that position my own. Or if they go out and they spend big money on a centre-back, I'm going to make sure Solskjaer regrets that. Shouldn't that be the attitude of these players? I don't care what age they are. So, uh, sorry, Dylan Lovett, as you were saying, I looked it up, he, he's gone to a team in Croatia. Croatia, okay, sorry, is where yes. he's gone. Yeah. I do wonder, actually, when I look at this, I don't know if the Championship's a great place to send these lads on loan at. I wonder if they might be better... Um, Maybe giving them a few first team appearances and then sending them off along somewhere in Europe where they're going to get more game time and um, they're going to learn a lot more playing in Europe than they're going to learn playing in the Championship, frankly, Dale. I just. Um, the Championships uh, and League One as well, which is where I think the Levitt was before he was at Charlton. Um, not not uh, not great places to go on loan. I just, I just don't think they're good leagues to go on loan, to be honest. Yeah, and it brings up the conversation, which we won't get into today, but years ago when, when the likes of Neville and Beckham and <clears throat> the Class 92 were coming through, the reserve setup was very, very different. And if you were playing in the reserves team, one week you could have been playing against fucking Razor Ruddock. Unfortunately, that was the case for, for Andy Cole. Um, but what I'm, what I'm trying to get to is the fact that these kids were playing with men. Um, they didn't have to go to the championship to experience that for the first time. They were pretty much doing it most weeks, and and then that transition then to playing with with a group of men every week, it was I suppose it was different to what they're doing now. They're kind of stepping out of this under twenty one um, pool and then into real men football. It can take time. It can take time. And I think James Garner, I wouldn't write him off because of the the Watford deal or move didn't go to plan. But he's he he's a good player, and I and I, and I wish him well at Nottingham Forest. And I it kind of annoyed me a few months ago. I seen his um his dad get some grief on Twitter because he wasn't playing well for Watford at the time or something. And just social media, man, it's out of control at the moment. Mike, thanks for joining me. Um, four nil in the Europa League, and so his dad one foot into the next round. We can be happy. Just actually, suppose before we go, we didn't give much time to the Newcastle game. But can I get a quick prediction for that one, please, Mike? Yeah, I think we'll 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 lay we'll lay but a one 0 win. Harry Maguire goal? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna change this show thing to the Harry Maguire show. Just 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 to pluck at you. I I agree with most of your 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 comments on Harry Maguire, but I it just I really enjoy how he really really roils you. And I'm getting those WhatsApp messages throughout the week. And Mike might stub his toe on a Thursday morning or a Wednesday or on a Saturday morning, but he will find a way to blame Harry Maguire. <laughs> the thing is, were it not for his interviews, I don't think there will be an issue. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But yeah. I, I, I think whoever the media officer is at United needs to grab a hold of him and say, "You are no longer talking to the media." Unless we clear it, we will tell you what to say. Otherwise, you need to shut up because the weekend, Dale, was just... He made a laughing stock out of the club with the way he acted at the weekend. He did. That was ridiculous. And he's the captain. And that's that's not good for your captain to be behaving in the way that he behaved in that West Brom game. Everything he said after the game, the dive to try and win a penalty, he was offside anyway. <laughs> uh, it was... Um, 
I don't know about you. I mean, I, I was, uh, I just thought it was embarrassing. I would, when, I, what, I would... what are the worst things that? I mean, he's I... not, he's not good enough. He's not good enough to be a United player anyway. He's just not good enough. And got... Solskjaer's right. made him captain, and he just embarrasses the club at every turn. I think with Harry Maguire, the jury's out until we get a better centre back to along play alongside him. But I also believe, Mike, that he cost eight million. Look at the and team, look at the team that. he used to play for. They're better with him gone. They're better with him not there. They have better defenders than him there now. I think the the one thing that riled me before we go about his interviews, and I, and I do agree with Jay. I I think he riles up quite a few United fans. Um, in it, and I and I don't and I don't think as a captain. I don't have social media access much anymore, but the United fans I know, nobody likes him, Dale, and that's a problem. He's not the most popular. Um, definitely, he's not the most popular, and I don't think the interviews help. Remember, one he was asked a question a few months ago about Roy Keane and Roy Keane's criticism, and he said something that he doesn't really listen to it. Um, well, he 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 does need to. Um, players need to listen, listen to criticism. They need to know how to oh, deal so with. Oh, that, so that that suggests to me that he does listen to it, Dale. That suggests to me he knows exactly what Roy Keane just said. Well, look, if he's listening to this, which I doubt he is, um, I've got time for you. Come on the podcast, and I kick Mike off that week, and we can have a nice chat. It'll be the most <laughs> boring podcast ever. Mike, thanks see for joining me. Started, see if you can get him started on the Greeks like the old woman in Father Ted. <laughs> oh stop right right wrapping this up um we'll be back again on monday after united play newcastle hopefully it's a win hopefully our league momentum continues to build we really need to secure that second spot if we finish below second i think i'll be disappointed mike after coming this way um and after seeing what we did in the champions league by doing so well at the start and then just thrown away i think then that will become a trend in this team because we've seen it in cup competitions already with the semi-finals only getting so far and then boom that cannot become a trend this season Solskjaer needs to win a trophy he needs to do well in the FA Cup and the Europa League and for now in the meantime to ensure that come the end of the season we're in a position to play a final right Mike thanks for joining me I'm going to say that about 10 times and speak to you again next week Podcast Network.